we are back. Welcome into another episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. It is Thursday, December 8th. We are right in between what? Is this week 13 and week 14 of the NFL season, Theodore? I believe that's where we're at. I think so. I was looking at, I was doing like some fantasy stuff today and I was trying to look at the schedule and I could not figure out which week it was just off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure it's week 14. I've never been able to be like, oh yeah, this is what week it is heading up into the season. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know. Some people never know what day of the week it is or like what day it is. Like that's just NFL. Yeah, weeks. there's five games left. Cool. So 14, 14, 14, 14, 15, 15 16, 16, 17, 17 18. 18. Perfect. Well, we are right in between. The week counting 13. podcast. Yep. Look at that. Stat, couple of stats guys here in between uh, week 13 and 14 of the NFL season. My name is Blake Pace alongside Teddy Pristash. Uh, before we get things started, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore chasing 69. Same with the YouTube Teddy at Teddy Huncho. I am at Spring Blake with four A's right now. If you follow over on my Twitter, it's just a bunch Blake. of pouting about it's a bunch of pouting of uh, our good dear friend Rico Bosco leaving Barstool. I've, I realized that I've tweeted probably too many times in the last few hours about that. Not that we need to have a conversation there but my twitter's been very oh, that's okay very barstool heavy the last the last 24 you're hours bar, so. you're you're stooly fully you're in stooly. Drinking, drinking some stella blue coffee right now <laughs> my first cup came in the wow, mail today. look at you free ads we should send this free, i know we should send this to big cat be like hey big cat we got a lot of followers here you want to send us some coin <laughs> oh check us out we're fucking selling your, your coffee yeah so uh in the jets world we got a lot to talk about this week obviously the uh jets lose uh, to Minnesota on Sunday, 27 to 22, down 20 to three at one point, stormed their way back. Second half was really a tale. Uh, it was a tale of two halves games. So we'll break down all of that. What we saw from Definitely. Mike White in his second start of the season. Uh, take a look at some of the offensive woes in the red zone defensively. Going to take a look at the playoff picture, something we're going to do every week at this point because the Jets are in the playoff picture and it's important to discuss and it's an important season for the Jets. And then we'll obviously look ahead to a game that Teddy and I will both be at this Sunday in Buffalo against the mighty, mighty bills. Uh, before we get to all that, Teddy, how are you doing this week? I'm doing all right. It's, I mean, we were just having the stats talk. I was just trying to do my stats homework. Um, basically I just like looked at it, read a couple things and then gave up and well, I'm going to try to do it tomorrow. Every week it blows my mind. Every time that you remind me that you're still in school, I'm like, this motherfucker. Is I know. Grinding. It's so the worst. I know. But, you know, other than that, things are going well. It was a, an odd week for the Jets. I'm excited to talk about this game because to me, it does feel it's just a little different to have like a game that we lost that isn't the like, oh, my God, how are they so, so terrible? You know what I mean? It was just yeah. kind of like a. One one possession loss that we put up 20 point, 22 points in. And I don't know, it just it, like this type of loss felt a little different to me than most losses we've had as Jets fans. Even looking back to like the Patriots games, you know, we were seven and four, six and two, whatever we were. And it was still like, oh, the season's over after those, you know, so it it was a little weird. Yeah, I mean, outside of like the Packers game and I guess the Bills game for a little bit in terms of wins for the Jets this year. There were wins, but you were like, man, we still looked pretty ugly on offense. And there were points where the offense definitely didn't look its best on Sunday against Minnesota. But this was one of the first times we're going up against a team that is good. I don't know if we want to say that Minnesota is great, albeit a really nice record. Um, some people, you know, and even when we talked about this last week, we don't want to throw fraudulent out there. But I think their record may be a little bit better than they are as a team. But nonetheless, a good team, a team that is going to be in the playoffs and hopefully, you know, make it to 
round two or round three of the postseason in the NFC, a conference that really isn't that strong at the moment. So that being said, the Jets coming into this one, you're like, okay, well, we the Jets performed very well against Chicago. We all said Chicago, we know, isn't a good team. So it was like, okay, Minnesota's going to be a, another good test. And and it was kind of gearing up to this test that's coming ahead this Sunday against Buffalo. It's like it's a nice couple of tune-up games for the Jets to really figure themselves out. First half, doesn't look great. They got three points to show for it, not converting in the red zone. Um, and, and then... You know, things really started to click in the second half for the team. The defense showed up a little bit more. The offense really found its groove. Mike White had to throw the ball 57 times. I think that was what this game was so weird just like to take a look back at and just be like, in what situation over the first two years? And I don't know if we necessarily need to harp on too much with Zach Wilson and Mike White at this point, but how many times would we have been sitting there this season and being comfortable with the Jets having Zach Wilson throw the ball 57 times? There there was never a case where they were comfortable with him doing that. So. Um, when you take a look at the game as a whole and where this team is at, is there any major takeaways for you or where do you want to start things off here? Yeah, I, it, it was an interesting game as a whole. And, and just to speak on the team in general, and, and you know, <laughs> this is going to be that kind of like Teddy's an optimist like take, yeah. but, but this is really how it felt to me where it was like a lot of things didn't go their way. Right. And it felt like in so many situations, plays, whatever it like to me, I tweeted out during the game. It was a game of inches type of game. Um, that is really how it felt to me. And I think that's kind of especially in the first half, like the way that Minnesota was driving down the field, continuously converting on third downs, like the way they were getting their receptions. It really did feel like, you know, like, like we were right there, you know, and if we had gotten there a split second earlier, we would have been able to have a pass break up. Or if we had, you know, gotten there a split second earlier, we would have been able to make the tackle or like something like that, where it really did feel like we were just like a few inches away. And then, you know, they didn't break our way. Um, so when I think about the game as a whole, obviously you go down 20 to three, that's not what you want to see at all. The fact that we were able to come back, you know, the defense stepped up only allowing, you know, whatever it was, seven or Same. 10 points in the second half. And um, the offense kind of stepping up when they absolutely needed to at the end of the game and getting it done. Those were positives to me. And, you know, to me, this was just that type of game where any play, there's probably 15 plays you could look at where if it goes the other way, like if, if Garrett Wilson doesn't step out of bounds or if Braxton Barrios doesn't drop the ball or if Corey Davis doesn't drop the ball, like, like 15 plays probably where the Jets could have won this game, you know, and they didn't. So I think you need to recognize the fact that like, Hey, we had these winning opportunities and we didn't capitalize and that's a negative for sure. But I, I also look at this game and I say, you know, on another day, things go a little differently. You know, one would have been shocked if we came away with a win and then the conversation is kind of completely different. So to me, this game, you know, it happened. It's unfortunate we lost. It's going to make the rest of the season more difficult. But I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm not ejecting. And I'm also not saying, you know, the Jets are the best team in the NFL. Nothing is more telling than that, saying like this game could have gone so differently. It's, then it's, it's, the, it, it's broken down into the red zone numbers there. Because if the Vikings... The Vikings go three for three on their red zone trips and converting into touchdowns. The Jets, meanwhile, uh, they go one touchdown out of six possessions. They're settling for field goals. They're not getting it done. Obviously, that one it almost was an zero for six. Um, if if Mike White didn't cross the plane there on that uh, one yard right, touchdown, on a fourth run. down. 
So all of that considered, it still ended up being a five point game. So if you take those, even just two of those, you know, and if you wanted to go the complete reverse and say that the Vikings have the day in the red zone that the Jets did and, and the Jets convert on all of theirs, this is a blowout in Minnesota. It's a route. It is just like an ugly game. So I, I agree with you that, you know, it's one of those where you say, hey, five point loss to a good football team. They're still sitting at seven and five right now, currently still the seven seed in the AFC playoff picture. It was a good kind of litmus test to see where this team is is in terms of playing against good teams with Mike White under center. But there are some frustrations with the red zone uh, efficiency throughout the season now. And it's tough to really put that all on a certain somebody because you would say almost through the first 10 weeks of the season, there was a lack of confidence in their quarterback, which if you can't have a balanced offense in the red zone, that's not going to help you out at all. And I don't believe that they had the most comfort in Zach Wilson through that stretch there. If you look at where they're sitting at for the season, they have the 26th worst red zone efficiency this uh, in in the, the league. 16 or sorry, 18 touchdowns out of 37 opportunities. Every team that's below them is 500 or worse. It's really just the Patriots that are the only 500 team. So every it's a, like the Texans and the Broncos, teams that are very very below 500 at this point. And then it's the Patriots and the Jets. So in terms of teams, uh, this Jets team is still winning games. They're still seven and five despite having really poor red zone efficiency. Um, it's a little bit of a different story now with Mike White in there because there is way more balance to this offense, giving a little bit of a, you know, the, the pass attack has juice now. It just, it's, it's so clear as day the last two weeks that this, this is a talented passing offense. It just needed a confident and smart and aware quarterback. And that's what Mike White has provided to this team. Um, but at the same time to go one for six, it's like, at some point, you want to see that kind of trend upward and not have to settle for all these field goals because at the end of the day, that's that's where this came, game came down to. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, before we get into Mike White, I, I definitely love that you're yeah. bringing up the red zone stuff. Because, um, you know, I like like just to make it clear, you know, we're talking about, oh, if a few if a few plays go the Jets way, they win. It's like, OK, but they did it, you know, mm -hmm. so so. Number one, you need to take that as a learning opportunity, as a, as a negative and say, how can we fix this? How can we get better? But number two, it, it really does like hurt the Jets. It's like, OK, we took a loss, whatever. Um, in terms of this red zone, I do think it's like a little bit of like a red herring when you when we say, OK, the Jets are 26 worse in the red zone, right? They're 18 out of 37. Because you think going into this game, you know, they were one for six. You do some quick math. That means going into this game, they were 17 of 31 or yeah, 17 of 31, you know, which which right there, that's a 55 percent chance. Right. So like just those numbers, it then goes up. So then you have this one game where you go one for six and you got to think like, OK, going in, we expected we'd hit about score touchdown on about 50 percent of our red zone uh opportunities and then you don't and you under underperform you know is what mm -hmm. what happened and you know so it's kind of it's like do I think the Jets have been a terrible red zone team all year not particularly it's something they can get better at but I think like this game obviously drags that overall number down so much um and you know you sit there and, and exactly what you just said what well, we had four field goals five field goals something like that so you just think about like what would this game have been if one or two of them was another touchdown you know and it would have been a one and it's you still look okay the jets were able to move the ball the jets were able to 
um, score, you know, have six scoring possessions. Like that's crazy, but because they weren't able to actually get in there, it's a bad game. So again, you know, you take your lumps, you have to eat it. You have to own it. You have to get better. You have to execute when they're out there. But to me, this was just that kind of game where like, I'm not looking and saying, despite Mike LaFleur, and I kind of want to hear your take on Mike LaFleur and the play calls, because there were definitely plenty of times in that game. I'm sitting there saying, we're just getting a little too cute with it. You know, like, let's just run the ball. Let's run power or something. You know, we don't have to run an end around every play. Yeah, too too cute. And then in the first half, too, we were way too pass happy. There was no real balance to the game. And we'll talk about him a little bit later on. But Bam Knight had himself another hell of a day against a, a better defense than he did against Chicago. And this kind of is where everything it's like this test as we go week after week with this new kind of look offense with Mike White and Bam Knight kind of leading the way in the run game. And obviously there's others to go there along too. Robinson really only added in four carries for 10 yards. So it really was just Bam. But when you take a look at what this team is now, I thought in the first half it was too Mike White reliant. Um, and then there was a lot more balance in the second half. They moved the ball up and down the field all damn day. Like they had a fantastic yeah. day offensively. I think they, oh, the yardage was, I believe, a difference of like 200 at that point. I think the Jets finished with like four something and the, the Vikings were around two. Um, so all things considered, it was a good game. There were some play calls in, in the red zone that I wasn't the biggest fan of. Some dives right up the center where I'm just like, I... I don't know. I think after you are after you're a team that's gone into the red zone for the third or the fourth time and you're not you're not getting something, I think you almost get a little bit out of your mind and like we really need to right. switch it up or we need to just try something a little bit simpler or whatever it ended up being. And you can almost kind of psych yourself out in that way. Let me jump in quick about the yeah. play calling. Uh, <laughs> this is like so random, but at one point I saw a tweet and it was after, you know, kind of like one of our failed red zone attempts. And, uh, you know, someone was like, why didn't we're two for two on QB sneaks with Mike White? Like, why aren't we running a QB sneak there? And it's like, I don't know the overall numbers of the Jets QB sneaks this season. I don't. But but like when I watch fucking Mike White get under center to do a QB sneak, number one, you always know it's coming. And I don't know if that's a Mike White thing or a Jets thing, whatever. But number two, it always looks like it's going to fail. Like, like I, I just feel like as a team, we're not that good at the QB sneak. So, like, when I see us not call it, I'm like, I kind of get it. Because when I see us call it, it's like, ooh, like, oh, we well, barely got it or something even like that. Like, the even sneak, the touchdown. Exactly. The touchdown right. was a failed QB like, sneak. And then it was the second right, attempt he as he got outside. outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, QB sneaks are interesting because they used to be, they're, they're usually like an automatic. And, you know, you think of over the last few decades, Brady was like automatic on a four and one QB sneak. Have you seen what Philadelphia is doing on their QB sneaks? Now they're getting in they... rugby style where they've got yeah, two tight yeah. ends right behind and they've got one, one, and they just fucking, and it's, it's the most Which automatic used to thing be illegal. It, it was like, it feels it, like it should be. It, it feels I think like it, it should still be is. I know the it way was illegal, but it, no one ever called it. The you know way what I mean? Philadelphia like you're not allowed to push the pile, it, but you can. Yeah. They, they've figured it out, and they've mastered it. And I'm sure as we've kind of yeah. – as, as teams start to watch them do it, I'm sure we'll see it a lot through the rest of the season. But it's almost made fourth and one when they do it, like, automatic. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I, I think especially to go along that, too, it's – the Jets offensive line has been doing well. Um, but I still think if you think on the interior parts and you think of our center, it's not the strength of the offensive line, so maybe you're just a little bit worried there. But you're right that – QB sneaks are, are great when they're working and when you're it, it's it's just something that people are always going to react the opposite way 
if a QB sneak works, right. they're going to keep wanting it to work. And when it fails, uh, like that that QB sneak that Mike White got in the end zone, it should have been a failed attempt. He just smartly pulled himself out, looped around the outside. They called it no touchdown at first, too. And and thankfully, he did cross the plane there, so they gave it back on the review. I know, but... and they're screaming, he's in! Ooh, How are they still looking at crazy. this? He's in! crazy. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm glad you brought up the line, too, because that's kind of the next thing I want to get into. Um, just because to me, like this was the Lions' clear worst game. Um, I think. Oh fuck! Sorry. You okay? I gotta stop. I gotta stop touching my AirPods. I'm I'm messing with all my stuff. <laughs> um, but so when? Sorry, this is pissing me off. Um, what are we talking about here? The offensive line. The offensive line when fucking like when Mike White struggled and I personally think Mike White played played a really great game or you mm-hmm. know a good enough game. Good I, game I think I don't think he struggled a ton I think that he was making a lot of big throws he for sure missed a couple but I think that's you know with anyone um but to me when Mike White really struggled and when when it just felt like we couldn't you know third down and he's checking it down short to Ty Johnson again you know a lot in the first half that's what it felt like and to me, it really did feel like he just did not have the time for these deeper routes to develop, and he just had to get rid of the ball quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a pass protection game, I really do think it, it was like one of the Jets' worst. And from a running perspective, I mean, I know the numbers ended up not being so bad, and Bam ends up with, you know, a 90-yard day, but he did have a 48-yard rush, you know, yeah. so – especially in the first half and we talked a little bit about it you know how it seemed like they were a little bit pass happy especially in the first half it really did seem like we just didn't we couldn't really get the 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 ground game going you know a lot of first down runs for a yard which just feel like they put you so So behind they put you so behind schedule so I just really think that that was like you look at what you want to nitpick about this Jets offense. I think it really did start with the line this week, um, which is unfortunate because despite all the kind of revolving doors, um, you know, the, the the line has actually played pretty well in most games, mm-hmm. even some of the ones we've lost, even some of the Patriots games and things like that. So that was disheartening to see um, probably my number one negative from the game. And you also just think about, um, news that came out today you know max mitchell rookie rookie tackle got got benched during the game um and then now it come out robert Sala announces today he's on the uh non-football injury list and is done for the season and said he would not comment on that so number one kind of just a weird scenario but number two you know now we got kind of a random guy in at tackle we just signed uh ldt laurent duvenet tardif back well, didn't Fant come um, back in? Fant came back in at right. So he is he is back there at, at right tackle. So really? at least we do have him back at that point. So um, it, he didn't have, the, I guess, I, I don't think he had the best second half necessarily, but back in there. So it, it, it is one of those things where, if anything, it, it really just crushes the depth of that offensive line. Um, and, and we've talked about this continuously in the injuries that they've had to overcome. They do bring in... Uh, Dar, Dar Tardif, Lauren Dar, Duvernay Tardif. LDT or, will come yeah, on. Yeah, LDT. And, and and he's a guy. After what he did last year, you know that guy's all right in my book. He yeah. he is. He's just someone I'm totally okay with, just because of what he was able to do last year and be pretty okay. So, and, and with the offensive line, it, it's first off, 
just because we're recording this tonight, tomorrow we'll we'll get the explanation on what's going to come on out to like Mitchell. Max Mitchell, like don't did say the craziest crazy. thing you've ever heard. <laughs> don't yeah, say anything I'm not crazy. Gonna, but, but it's going to come out. Some crazy shit went down and then we're going to be like, oh, yeah, here's our podcast talking about Max Mitchell. Yeah, exactly. But it it, it does seem weird because basically Robert's I was just like, I'm not going to talk about it. And then they asked him like one question and he was like, I'm not going to talk about it. And then like it, it, it doesn't need to be weird, but everyone is like, what's the, going on? Like something must have gone on. Something must have gone on. So now I'm like, well, what went on? Right. The most likely scenario is he was just doing something stupid, you know, like maybe he was riding a motorcycle or something and fell or like some yeah, sort like of maybe dumb got drunk and started accident. wrestling his friends. Yeah. Something stupid happened. My cousin did that um, once towards labrum. Really? Which, which cousin? Yeah. Which one? Well, my cousin, Johnny. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was one him. of the ones I knew. <laughs> Okay. Well, so yeah, so Max Mitchell down out for the season. It just, it, it crushes the depth of this offensive line. I mean, you think of guys that we've even lost, you know, McDermott goes to the Patriots and if you're watching Thursday night football uh, against the bills, he was just getting torched when he got in there. Oh, it yeah, was he's bad. so bad. It was bad, but it's, it's, it is one of those things where it's like you, you had a promising rookie season. He had been out for a bit, came back, was looking pretty decent. Um, and then, you know, misses the second half of, of the game against the Vikings. And now he's, he's just done for the season with no explanation yet. And there will be an explanation, but right now you're just like, what the, what's going on? Yeah. Um, so it, it offside off of the offensive line, where do you want to go next? You want to talk Mike white? We can have a Mike white discussion next. Yeah. Let's want. talk about, let's talk about our quarterback. Let's talk about the Jets quarterback. Yeah, I, I mentioned it first. Fifty-seven you wanna, you wanna passing start? attempts. Fifty-seven passing attempts. They they trust him leading the way with his arm, and that's something that, like I said at the beginning of this show, at what point through this season would you have said that the Jets had confidence in Zach Wilson throwing the ball fifty-seven times? Now, obviously, it's not a winning recipe to be throwing that often. If you're throwing that often, it's because you're trailing. It's because you were trying to move the ball down the field. But all things considered, it was a good day. Thirty-one of fifty-seven, yeah. three sixty-nine. Uh, he did get the one rushing touchdown. He did have two interceptions there, but all things considered from what we have seen up to this point for, you know, for the season for, you know, whether it was Flacco at the beginning or Zach Wilson afterward, this is the best the pass attack has looked all season. Um, and so I will take those numbers all day. Um, one thing that I always, I, I just think is so interesting. And I, I put this here. He reminds me so much, and there's been a lot of comps. I saw some people on Twitter talking about like, oh, he's he's just doing the Jimmy G role. Like he is just he knows the offense, he plays it smart, he's accurate, he understands the ins and outs of this of what's an intricate offense, and he's getting the job and done and getting the ball out to his playmakers, which is at the end of the day all we want him to do. What I will say though, he is one of those guys that the comp that I see right now is down in Washington. He reminds me so much of Taylor Heineke where both of those guys have come into the NFL in such weird ways where it's not like they were a number two overall pick. They weren't brought in to be the savior of the franchise, but they got the job. They worked hard and they said, fuck it. I've got one chance to keep my career alive here. I am going to do whatever I can to get it done. And whether that's playing with just like a false sense of confidence, like you want that out of your quarterback. You want to be confident, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'd rather, you know, the number one guy that I can always think of back in the day was Jameis Winston. That dude fucking chucked it, chucked it, chucked it. And, it, you know, obviously he had a lot of interceptions and his career didn't pan out the way that you would want as a number one overall pick. But for a guy that is scratching and clawing for his career, it's awesome to see Mike White take on this responsibility. And he's got the love of his teammates. He's got the love of the coaching staff. 
And he understands like this, this isn't my career. This isn't what I'm supposed, I'm not supposed to be the Jets starting quarterback, but I'm here and I'm going to make the most of it. And he's playing loose. He's playing confident. He knows the offense. He knows that he's got great playmakers and he's just getting the ball to him. He's just getting the ball to Garrett Wilson eight times for 162 yards. He's getting it over to Corey Davis, five for 85. He's dumping it off to Zonovan Knight for his five catches and 28 yards. He just under, he has a, an awareness that he doesn't need to be the reason that this team wins. He just needs to get the ball out to those guys. And that's something where I feel like Zach, a lot of the time, when you're a number two overall pick and you're a franchise that has been so desperate for a star quarterback, you come in and you're like, I need to be the guy. And it quickly got in his head so much. And, and you kind of saw through the course of the season, just the yips show up. And, and all of a sudden, all of the confidence was gone. I just, it, it's something to be said about the way that he's taken um, advantage of this opportunity. Obviously he's he had experience last year as well too. So it's not like this is the first chance he's ever gotten, but this is two times now where we've seen that, you know, okay, you want to count on me. You want to give me a chance here. I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah. I, I, at the moment don't have enough good things to say about Mike white. Um, just to kind of start where you let off um, the Taylor Heineke thing. I agree with you in terms of like situation, but I will say like Taylor Heineke seems to be the kind of guy who, who like, you know, he makes the plays with his legs. He kind of is exciting, whatever, like from a pure, just like ability, like throwing the ball standpoint, like Mike white is definitely a step above. Mm -hmm. I would say yeah. just because that is something where, you know, number one, the ability to, you just quickly, you know, read one, read two, read three, like get rid of the ball, you know, like that's just something Mike White has excelled at. And I think that comes a lot with, you know, being the backup, knowing the offense. Um, to me, it's reminding me a lot of, of, you know, Geno Smith and obviously hmm. Geno Smith's had a really great year. So that's kind of what we hope this is like, but, but it's just kind of a guy who's been around, you know, this is his fifth year in the league, second or third year with the jets. And, you know, he just kind of knows what he's supposed to do when he's out there um, to talk about the stat line a little bit, two interceptions, both those interceptions were a wash. I mean, one was on the last play of the game on fourth down, you're just throwing it up. And one was on a drop that like, wasn't an, an interception worthy ball. Right. So that's just thrown out the window to me. Um, I am at the point with Mike white where, you know, last week we kind of talked about, um, you know, is there a world where we see Mike White being the quarterback next year? <clears throat> and we both kind of agreed, like, it makes more sense. You know, you're still going to go out and get a veteran, do whatever. I'm kind of stepping back off of that because mm. to me, Mike White and, and you know, the, the story is yet to be written. You know, we're on start number two. We've seen a lot of backup quarterbacks who've been able to come in, play with that kind of false confidence, not realize, like, kind of what they're doing and then it kind of all falls apart for them after a couple games that could very well happen but until i see mike white start to kind of be that you know backup quarterback archetype start to kind of make those plays that kill your chances of winning the game thing like that like i'm not gonna say that we shouldn't have him be our quarterback to start the year next year because truthfully when i say when i say i want to go get jimmy g the reason I want that is because I want at least <clears throat> a pretty good quarterback who's going to be able to, you know, do, run the offense the way it's supposed to be run, get the ball to our good players and, you know, go from there. And to me, Mike White has at least to this point shown he can do that where I, I just until, you know, we have five games left. We'll see how they go. But 
until I see things that are going to say like, okay, this is not the guy I'm not ready to kind of just throw in, throw in the towel on this guy, especially, I mean, some of the throws from last week were really, really great throws mm -hmm. in really tight windows when we absolutely needed them. And, you know, again, it just, it, it, it felt like, I don't, it, it, it felt like we were relying on the passing game to move the ball because we couldn't run, which is something we never were able to do with Zach Wilson. So again, you know, we've had two weeks, two successes in that category, even against a better defense in Minnesota. So I'm kind of warming up to Mike White and I'm, I'm not ready to kind of push him off to the side until I see it. The NFL is in a really weird place right now. This to me, if you had to ask me like, what's the storyline of this NFL season, it's the year of the mid quarterback. Like yeah, 100%. Daniel Jones leading that team to seven, five and one Taylor Heineke, seven, five and one Geno Smith. What are they now? Seven and four or seven and five. Like there are a lot of quarterbacks around the league right now. Brock Purdy comes in and, and against Miami gets the job done. I'm not the biggest Tua guy. Tua's an MVP candidate. And then you have guys like Brady and and Russ and like Matt Stafford, like these kind of well-known names underperforming as well. It's very odd. What I will say, though, if we have seen anything from the league over the last decade, and this is where I would push back on Mike White in 2023, because I, I, I agree. I still I keep him around. He has been the 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 upgrade that this offense has needed to, to can kind of stay alive in this playoff hunt and stay, you know, controlling their own destiny. What I will say is, at the end of the day, if we are trying to build the Jets into a Super Bowl contender, at the end of the day, if you are one of those teams that's in the final four, at the final two, you've got a Mahomes, you've got a Burrow, you've got a Josh Allen, you've got one of those top guys. That's just what it's been outside of What's the other one we said? Jared Goff making it with the Rams of you know a few years back, and then who was Foles? Foles was the other guy that kind of just caught fire in the playoffs. When when it gets to those stages, that's when you need one of those top guys. And and maybe this year changes. Maybe we see a team you know like a Miami or um, I I don't believe that the Giants or, or Washington will necessarily get that far. But if the 49ers have a good enough team around Brock Purdy or Geno. Like there are some teams that could get it done. I just think if we're looking and we're saying we need the Jets to be happy about what they did this year, but then also try and and go to that next step next year, I believe that is around upgrading the quarterback position. I do agree with the point, and I think you know, number one, I was really excited to talk about this because we agree with each other a lot. And I just had I just our... came up with my own counterpoint. Okay, well, I, I think I'll I know where I think I know where I think I know where you're gonna go first. Right. Can I tell and, you? And and can I tell yeah, you where you're sure. gonna go? What do you got? I, I believe you're gonna say there's there's no like who is that guy that is gonna be available. Right. Well, the thing is it's like, yes, you need Patrick Mahomes, you need Josh Allen. Like that is what and even when a guy it? like Jimmy Garoppolo has made it to the to the Super Bowl, yeah. you know, he wasn't able to succeed. That's fine. But you know, if we sit here and compare every quarterback that walks into the Jets locker room. And say, well, you know, he's not Patrick Mahomes and he's not Josh Allen. We're probably not going to succeed a lot. What at the end of the day is going and getting Jimmy Garoppolo going to give you a better chance at winning than having Mike White. I'm not sold that the difference in those types of quarterbacks is there, you know, and that's kind of my point. Do I think that Mike White can lead us to the Super Bowl? You know, I hate to say no, but I don't fully believe that right now. Do I believe Jimmy Garoppolo could lead a Super Bowl? Not really. I mean, maybe, but it's just, they're the same. You know, if they brought us to the Super Bowl, it would be a lot because of a good defense, a lot because of a good ground game, good yeah. players around. 
So to me, it's just like, when I think about next year, kind of the top options right now, to me, seem to Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr, right? Like that would be, you can go and get the best player. Am I sold that Mike White is not at that same level? No. And, and that's kind of my point. Whereas I'm most certainly not going to say we need to make a switch until I see Mike White start to do things that tell me that. Yeah. And, you know, um, just to talk a little bit about like, as the press conference a few days ago, Sal is still saying, yeah, the goal is to get Zach Wilson back. You can say that till you're blue in the face. The Jets are in the middle of a playoff race. And, as, and again, if Mike White goes out and has that kind of backup, everything falls apart, making plays that are hurting the team's chances, then yes, maybe you'll have that conversation. Maybe you'll, you'll want to work Zach, whatever. But until it really is like a, a miserable, terrible, the, the, the organization is falling type of play, like Mike White to me is going to continue to be good enough to just like ride out this year. Most certainly. I don't know how you can watch the last two weeks. And like I said, I understand it, it can get, like you said, it, it could get very bad. We have Buffalo coming up. We got Miami on the schedule. Uh, there's, there's, there's teams out there that could make this really ugly for Mike White. When you just watch the offense and you watch what the skill players are able to do with a quarterback that can just accurately put the ball in their hands. I don't know how you can say at any point yeah. that we're going to go back to Zach Wilson. I, I don't going going back to Zach Wilson at this point would would just be like pushing your chips in and saying you know like we're all we're still all in on our number two overall pick from two years ago you know it, it would just be a complete gamble of like let's hope for the best here and it, to me it's just like unrealistic that Mike White's going to lose his job it's it is a disservice to the rest of the team the rest of the team yeah. had been for the defense to be getting this team to this point where they're sitting at what were they at the time? I guess seven and seven and three. I mean, we were five and two at one point. Five We've and two, two and three the be, last five to weeks. To be at that point, and to be at that point with the defense carrying eighty-five percent of the weight there, to yeah, then finally see in the last few weeks that this offense has a little bit of juice with just a competent quarterback in there, it is a disservice to go back to Zach Wilson at any point in this year. Because at least what I've seen, and again. Bears are one of the worst defenses in football. Vikings are more middle of the pack. I understand Buffalo is going to be a test. Miami will be a test. Seattle kind of a test as well, too. I I just, I don't know. You are going to upset so many people in that building if you make the switch back to Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, we're sitting here talking about it. Like, I, I really don't even think like that, you know, it's necessary because it's obviously still a conversation, but it's, the answer is there. Like, it's Mike White until you can't it's watch. Not. You know you what can, I mean? You can't watch. If we're it, all watching the game and we see this, the coaching even, staff sees yeah. this. I think they're just saying the right you thing would, as you the organization. To, yeah, 100%. 100%. And, you know, you don't want to look like you're bailing on your, your guy. And no. I'm sure I'm sure no, no true decisions have been made. You know, I'm sure that they haven't said, all right, we're done with Zach. You know, I'm sure as a staff, they're still thinking there. And, you know, Joe Douglas is still probably in his head like, God damn, I wish I got that one right. That was a big yep. one. You know, but but I think at the end of the day, you know, this is a playoff team. It's about the right now, here and now. And Mike White gives the team the best opportunity to win. That's clear. Finish on Mike White. Just like seeing people. And this is kind of getting back to what I was talking about, like, like this game was not the type of Jets loss where it was like, oh my God, the world is burning. 
the Jets were so terrible, but Jets fans still wanted to make it that, you know, whether it was Mike LaFleur in the red zone or whether it was Mike White. And it's like, in no way could you watch this game and be like, I can't believe we're playing Mike White instead of Zach yeah. Wilson. Like, we need to bench this guy. This Crazy. It's like Mike White was not the problem. You know, no. there were a lot of things in this game. You know, I also wish he hit that that deep bomb to Garrett Wilson yeah. that probably would have won us the game. You know, I also like, but it it's just life. Dude, that cool. was unbelievable. How about Garrett Wilson, dude? He is a bona fide fucking star. Like, he Wide is receiver a star. One. Yeah, it's awesome. And I I I had my skepticism not in his play, but just in the fact that the Jets could actually like draft someone and get it right. The fact that we have him and Sauce Gardner and Brees Hall and Jermaine Johnson, like God damn. That's so fucking sick. Joe Douglas is the best. He crushed that draft. Yeah. Like I said, we're really we is. like we said it last week. We're gonna look back at this as one of those like historic draft classes where you're like, they got who all in the same draft? It's like it's going to be that good. It's that special. And who did they get after the draft as an undrafted free agent? The boy, Bam Knight. <laughs> Let's talk about Zonovan it. Donovan Bam Knight. Two goat. weeks in a row now. The, Two the weeks in a row goat. now. Um, this time, 15 carries, 90 yards. Obviously, you said one of those was a long, what, 48-yard rush? So 48-yarder, yeah. So most of There's game. a good chunk of it. But as we said, as a whole, the run offense wasn't getting much movement. The line wasn't being able to hold up as well. So... Um, but he still is able to add in the passing game two weeks in a row. Now um, he is averaging, I got the numbers here, 110.5 yards for scrimmage of the last two weeks, um, which I believe is second. Or it was, uh, I try to remember how much it was. It was up in the top five, 15 missed forced tackles um, our second most over that span, just behind Josh Jacobs, who we would all say probably running as like the best running back in football right now. So great yeah, two game stint. I, I just as what I was saying with Mike White and the rest of the offense. One of those games is against Chicago. One of them is against Minnesota, who we don't think is top tier teams. But in terms of what we've seen and what we've wanted out of this running game, you know, we trade for James Robinson. He doesn't really add that much juice to it. We've seen that Michael Carter can't be relied on as like the sole lead back. Zonovan comes in here and he's had two strong weeks. What have you seen from the from the rookie running back? Yeah, I mean, more so than the numbers, I think it's just like the ability, you know, he has burst, he has dry, like power, he, oh he runs God. hard, he runs, like hits the hole hard. Um, I think it's just like, it, it's awesome because it's a guy who, you know, was an undrafted free agent. And that's always like a really funny time of the off season because it's like, we're all just so excited about everything. And then you get this list of like 15 guys and you're like, are any of these guys going to make the team, you know? And constantly this year, people were calling out Zonovan Knight kind of saying he was, he was someone to watch to make the roster, you know, injuries worked his way up to give him his opportunity and he he's ran with it. Um, so to me, you know, it says something about Joe Douglas and his recruiting ability, like always um, it, it, and I think it really helps with that James Robinson deal. He's obviously been under um, underperforming. I'm, I'm bummed that I traded for him in our dynasty mm. league because I low-key did you give that up? was going to help me win a second rounder. Mm. <laughs> but I really thought, you know, what I thought it was going to be was you go back to kind of the first like three games before Brees Hall overtook Michael Carter in terms of t total touches but was kind of like right there. Like, I think if you looked at total opportunities, like Brees Hall was getting like 48% and Michael Carter was getting like 52 or like 55, 45. Um, I think that's kind of where 
this is headed um, with Bam Knight and Michael Carter once he's able to come back healthy. And I think, you know, hopefully that's going to help us a lot because um, obviously losing Brees, kind of the the five games since we've really struggled to run the ball effectively consistently throughout the game. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping that that Bam just kind of becomes that dude. And I really think that's the role he's going to plug in. I think you're going to see him a lot on first and second down, but then you're also going to have Michael Carter in there. Michael Carter is going to get a lot of the passing work and third down work. Um, but yeah, I think it'll really definitely be like a two headed approach the rest of the year. He'll be one of those guys that, that just is winning dudes, fantasy football leagues for him this year. And, uh, I say that just because Teddy and I yeah. were the only, we're the only two players here. It, uh, only two guys in the league to put in claims for Zonovan Knight, And I just happened to yeah, have the higher which waiver is funny. priority. Yeah, of course. It's funny, though, because it's like a dynasty league and and like it, we were the only two who put in any claim to him, which, you know, we were Jets guys. So we we're have watching, the, uh, yeah. the inside knowledge. But but it does like the dynasty waivers. There's never anyone to pick up. So anytime there's someone remotely relevant, like I'm flocking to that. And that's know? why. So but I don't. That's my second claim I've made. All right. year. I kind of like I want my yeah. priority to be at the top, but. It was funny yeah. to to wake up and see that the two of us were the only two that played. I was just I like, God love... damn. I thought I was just going to sneak through it, you know, and be the only one. I would love if Zonovan Knight was the reason that I ended up winning this league. If he just goes on a tear to finish off the season and I end up with that chip because yeah. of him. You're not going to win, though. I'm going to win. So. Definitely going to win. Teddy, Teddy, if anybody wants to just get a little insight on the league, a bunch of us in the league have discussed this. Teddy is much like the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and that's no. that's kind of where we're settled First of on. all. The Minnesota Vikings proved this week that they're not frauds because they beat a great Jets team. Oh, okay. Second of all, okay. <laughs> second of all we'll tell you about the Dynasty League. Blake Dynasty League is like all the big names, right? McCaffrey, A.J. Brown, whatever. But they don't have the chemistry. They don't all play together cohesive. My team kind of looks like the underdog. You're like, you're starting that guy. But the boys, they just they 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 show up every week and I win. And that's what's going to happen until the playoffs. And I'm going to win again. It is funny because Teddy and I do have two of the better teams in that league. Um, so it'll be we interesting. We also, to see. this is our third year. We have both of the first. Yeah, two we are the only champions. Yep. So. Yes. So let's it's just talk crazy when we go about back to it. We'll, we'll make it. We'll make a dynasty, <laughs> dynasty football podcast. Um, Teddy, anything um, else to mention with this game? Is there anything else you wanted to say about Bam? Or we've talked a lot about the offense, the defense as a whole. Went in great game. Uh, safeties were a little shaky at times. Reed and DJ Reed and Justin Jefferson kind of going back and forth at the end after the game there. Any yeah, thoughts on that one? It's kind of like, no, I mean, I think, I think DJ Reed played a good game against him. And I think that we most certainly were using safeties to help him, you know, exactly. like, like, yep. <laughs> like, all right, Justin Jefferson, like, you're right. We did right. double TV and it kind of worked. Like you had yes. like what? 46 yards. Um, my kind of takeaway with the, like, it's, it's yeah. easy to look at, that touchdown was what um, was filthy though. That was a nice touchdown. Right. Well, that that's kind of my thing is is it's easy to kind of look at the numbers and especially the first half and the third downs and you say like, wow, the defense really didn't show up. Kind of what I was saying at the beginning. It, it felt like we were right there a lot of times, which you know obviously that doesn't count and 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 they still scored, but but it kind of felt like we were still playing good defense, but they were just playing a little better and you know you take a guy like Justin Jefferson or Dalvin cook and, and they're guys who are going to be able to make plays. Um, so I didn't really, again, I didn't see it as any like panic or anything like that. 
if there was one thing to kind of look at, and we talked about this offensively a little bit, almost like a down day for the Jets in the trenches, because I would say that the Vikings ran the ball better than I thought they would. Um, you know, they, you know, I guess Madison and Cook only combined for a hundred and a lot of that was carried by Dalvin, but I, I was surprised by the success that they did have in the run game there against the Jets front. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think that, um, that in conjunction, in conjunction with the inability to kind of get to the quarterback, at least early, you know, that was what yeah, you were seeing it changed a lot after early the first was half, just definitely. And then it changed. And yeah, the second half we were getting sacks getting, and stuff and it was awesome. But, but in the first half, um, yeah, they were kind of Kirk. running. And then when they would be forced to pass, they were able to make the plays and get the ball. I mean, he had a couple great plays. Justin Jefferson had a couple great plays. Like it, it, he did look me, pretty lost like... in the second half. Kirk, Kirk had a stretch oh, there yeah. where like, well, he the was defense just missing. Yeah, dude. I know. I like wanted to tweet that a couple of times. I was like, some of these plays, like the Jets yeah, aren't just, even getting there, and Kirk just missed it. It's but, crazy. Got in his head a little bit. You're so yeah, fidgety. You're such a fidgety. fidgety I know. Boy. I keep opening my AirPods, <laughs> and then I and then they disconnect. That's funny. I think that's really all that we can really say. I that we spent a long time on that game there, but there I think there was a lot of good conversations that came out of it. Is there anything else that you want yeah. to say before we take a look at the playoffs for a little bit? Can't hear you. Can you hear me? Now I can. Now you can. Yeah. I said let's look ahead a little bit. Yeah. Because you know, the Jets are now seven and five. Um, you know, two and three, the last five games, that's not a great stretch, not great for the playoff hopes, but we're still holding on to that seven seed. Um, yeah. And what I was just going to say, go ahead. You go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> that was cute. That I was, was just going to really say cute. New England and Los Angeles, the chargers, they're behind us. They both lost, yeah. which was big because even though we did lose, we still have that kind of one game advantage, but you know, it's only one game and the Patriots have the tiebreaker over us. Um, so, you know, we're definitely winning this game would have been big and we're definitely getting into like the nitty gritty of the season. And we have this bills game coming up. And if you, you know, if we don't win that one, it really is going to be a flight. Even though we kind of have the leg up right now, we're going to have to, it, the pressure on these final games is definitely going to be there. We are going to say the exact same thing. It's nice that that Los Angeles and New England both lost. Vegas is a, a team that's kind of sparked the last few weeks that now you're like, okay, when you watch them and the style that they've changed to, and it's very run heavy, go ahead. Let me talk about Vegas for a second, because I am like notoriously, like I'm always higher on, on, on the Raiders than everyone else. I always believe in Derek Carr more than everyone else. And like this year, you know, number one, I, I do that with Russell Wilson as well. That has completely backfired. You, you love like the quarterbacks the that are Jesus freaks. in the history. And then, and then Derek Carr was like playing so bad and the Raiders were so bad. So I like gave up on the Raiders, gave up on Derek Carr. I've been betting against him every week. Oh, and then what do you know? We're going to win every game and Derek Carr is actually going to look pretty good. And it's like, I don't get any of the flowers because I bailed. It's very you frustrating. Did. Well, you and you held on too long to the Broncos, but I'm proud of you for bailing it at a, at the point that you did. What I'll say, about, I know, and I almost bet on them the last two weeks too, which I would have thought was good, and then not thought. So that's hilarious. What yeah, I will say I that's that's nice about the what's nice about the Patriots is that the finish of their schedule is absolutely disgusting. I do think they can probably get a win against Arizona. Um, they they play the Monday night game 
in Arizona. I think that's a game they probably end up winning just because I think that their defense, I, nothing scares me with Arizona right now, but then they go to the Raiders. So you're getting one of those two teams is losing another game there. So take that. And one of them is going to kind of virtually knock out the other, but new England has, so they've got Cardinals this week, Raiders after they finish off the season, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills. I kind of look at that yeah, schedule and tough. say, I'm not too worried about new England at the moment. Like you said, they do hold the tiebreaker. So the Jets have to do their job, but the Patriots have a pretty tough schedule the rest of the way. The Chargers is a little bit lighter, but even then it's still Dolphins this week, Sunday night football, which toss up there. You got two and Herbert going against each other. Then they host the Titans. They've got the Colts, Rams, and Broncos. So theirs is a little bit easier. So I guess if you're looking at the schedules now, you'd be like, okay, if if Los Angeles can rip up some of those easier games, Colts, Rams, Broncos to finish off the season. Could worry about them sneaking in as the seven seed, though, but they could also be in a situation if they lose to the Dolphins and Titans, they're going to virtually need that and a lot more from some of these other teams to start losing. So the Jets still in position for that seven seed, but it is, like you said, it's getting tighter, especially knowing that the Jets have that that game with Buffalo coming up. Yeah, and, you know, we talk about kind of being in good position, but, you, you know, you better not drop one of the Jags. You better not drop one of the Lions. And yep. you have a, you're going to have a battle with Seattle. That rhymed. Um, and Seattle. then, you know, you finish the season with with the Dolphins. So, so it, it, it's. What could be nice, maybe ahead. it is, maybe, maybe week 18 comes around and the, the Dolphins are resting. Hopefully, maybe they just soar. I but doubt it, it though. Probably I mean, not if they're competing now with, with, with the the Bills having that game advantage. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, this game that we have coming up, because there's also a world where, you know, what if the Bills are resting their starters week 17 against the Patriots? And that's uh, a win and end game for that. Yeah. You know, there's a lot, a lot of things going on. Shit. So I do really think it's important. And again, you know, we, we talked about it last week how it'll be really nice to go one and one in these next two weeks. Um, you know, it's very possible we go zero and two, lose to the bills. I am not, I don't think that's, you know, a crazy indictment on the jets being bad that they lost to, no. you know, two of the best records in the league, best teams in the league. But I do, you know, um, I don't know. It's, it's worrisome. Missing the playoffs this year would be a complete heartbreaker, complete collapse. Um, it would hurt for sure. So I guess, is it time to talk about the Bills game? Time to talk about that game. So Teddy, we're going to be sitting there. You said we're what? We're in the, the lower section there, section 100? Yeah, dude. I, I was using, you know, one of these ticket apps and and I was all like resigned to um, get a 300 seat ticket. And then, because you know me, I go lowest price always. Then, because you know, the Jets are actually pretty good. So the prices were not, oh, were not yeah. too low. And it, I'm interested because I, I kind of said before the game, I was like, if the Jets lose to the Vikings, the ticket prices will probably go down. Whereas if they win, they'll probably go up. I haven't done any recon on that, but maybe yeah. we got ripped off. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. We're but uh, no, yeah, we're going to be in the 100 section, which I'm really excited about down in the end zone um, with a couple of our buddies, Bills fan buddies. Um, and it's going to be a blast. And I'm really, really hoping that the Jets can win. I, I I said this to you earlier in the day, but as a fan, I don't know if I'm like, should I be more confident that the Jets can win because we've already won one? Or am I less confident because we already got a win and now it's like, well, you're not going to get two wins. Hard to be the team. You know, I, 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 I don't know if I'm supposed to be more confident or less confident because we already won. It is nice just having that over all the Bills fans that are going to be talking shit to me the next week. 
you know, like, all right, well, we already won one, so whatever. But yeah, um, I don't know. What do you think? Should I be more confident or less confident? I mean, there that is the saying. It's tough to beat a team twice, but there are those situations. You could also say, and look, hey, we our offense should be better now because we were we beat. You We've with Zach proven Wilson. we can beat the Bills, who are the best team in the league. With Zach, kind of with Zach Wilson, like right. So yeah, you know that. Now we got Mike White, the kid. It seems the Bills if defense I were to is take not look, is not the same Bills defense they well, have been. It's they, very banged they're not up. This this losing Von Miller is, losing Von Miller is huge. If Von Miller is no longer your top guy and you're relying, and they have dogs there, they've got some studs. You know, they've they've got Ed Oliver in the Greg middle. Rousseau they've fan. got I'll Greg Rousseau. They've got AJ Epinesa out of Iowa. Like they have guys. But those guys are great when they're your number two. They're fantastic number twos. But when you don't have to give all the attention to Von Miller, it's a little bit easier. So, yes, they're dealing with that. Uh, Tredavious White is back, I believe. Um, wasn't there the first time around because he was activated but wasn't playing. So you've got him there in the secondary. They do roll in. I'm, I'm looking at the injury report right now. Nothing too crazy out there. You know, Matt Milano, their outside linebacker, he didn't practice on Wednesday with a knee injury. Um, looks like some of their other guys, they look fine for the most part. Deion Dawkins was limited their tackle with an ankle injury, uh, full participant. I think Josh. regardless of how hurt they are, they're going to be less hurt than they were the first time we played. Them, yes, I exactly. But now without yep. Von Miller. Yep. Yep. Von Miller officially they, out for the season. Didn't as of this they week. have, they either had one of four of their DBs or zero of four of their starting. I DBs think they were missing we at least their top. It two. was both saves yeah. Trey. And then I don't remember who was playing corner, but I don't remember if it was a starter or not, but, but yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll be, I don't know. I mean, where, when you, when, all right, jets are playing the bills, you're Blake pace. You're not a jets fan. You know, where does your head go? First thing, like what, like what, what are you thinking? And, you know, I guess, what would the Jets have to do to win? And do you, do you believe that they can win? Um, I'm of the mindset that I believe there are a few teams in the league right now that are, are going to start clicking. I think there are teams that start off hot. They hit their little bit of a rut, but then they figure out how to persevere through that rut. And that would be the, the question of catching the Bills at this time. Because the Bills over the last month have not looked like the Bills. Obviously, there's the Minnesota game. Even the win against Detroit, it was pretty close. Um, they, they handled New England pretty easily. Uh, but I would also say New England doesn't really, and I know that they've beaten the Jets twice, but New England's not a scary football team. Um, so I, right. I don't know. No, when, when, I, when I take a look at Buffalo right now, I, I still think they're the better team. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to take the team that's got Josh Allen on there. I would also say I believe that was the game where Josh Allen got banged up for the first time, correct? The first game against the Jets was when he messed up his elbow, or was it the week before? Yeah, it was like in the fourth quarter, but, but yes. Okay, that's, gotcha. It was like so one of the last plays there. of the game he hurt his elbow. He also, he, he's been off for a few weeks now, and it's interesting because he's he finished off last season at such a high note, and obviously everybody remembers that amazing game against Kansas City in the playoffs where he was just electric, opens up the season looking great, and then the last month, it's been something's just missing. But then when they need to get it done, he just he's like, okay, well, I'll, I'm just going to throw it to Stefan Diggs this entire drive, and it's going to work. Yeah. Um, the Jets defense, I would say, is probably the best that they are going to face it's in this recent stretch when they haven't looked great. You know, they moved the ball pretty well against Detroit. 
New England, I, I, I don't know. I still think at the end of the day the Jets have a better defense than New England. It's, no, they're it's not. So... The New England, you're allowed to think that. We should have – they scored three points New England's until a dead the last dog. 12 exactly. seconds of the game. Like, exactly. we we are better than them, and the fact that we can't win will haunt me it's so for fucking ever, <laughs> it's if, so especially if we don't make the playoffs. Yep. Yep. So, um, um, where am I trying to settle with on this? I think that the defense can still hold up like they did the first time against the Bills. I am just the the game from the offensive line against Minnesota. That's where I would start to get a little bit worried because if the offensive line can't hold up like they did in the first game against Buffalo, and say that some of these other pass rushers are getting to, you know, they're moving the line of scrimmage, they're getting to Mike White. I don't believe that they're going to be able to handle that as well. And I, I don't think that the I don't think that the Jets can afford to be one dimensional against a team like Buffalo. When they had to go pass happy against Minnesota, it was fine because Minnesota is a, a a mid defense. But when you've got a top five unit in Buffalo, you can't be one dimensional. So if it's early on in the first half and they're not moving the ball in the run game, that's when I would say this thing could get a little out of hand. I still think that the defense should be able to keep the Jets offense, you know, in striking distance but at the end of the day i think that the bills walk away with a win here i don't know if it's necessary i don't think it's going to be an ugly game but um i just i I think that the bills are going to be one of those teams that right now is starting to write kind of reascend back into what we thought they were because some would say that they've been underperforming the last month or so yeah and you know no one can can fault you for picking the best team in the nfl right i mean you you, you'd think a lot of weeks you're probably gonna end up picking the bills to win um where i just stand with this overall and you know i feel like this is just like what i do but it's not like crazy analysis but it's just like the bills are the better team obviously but i'm at the point where i do just believe that like the jets can beat anyone any given week and i think they've proven that so you know i'm just going in i'm hoping for the best i'm hoping we can you know step up and beat them and that would be fucking awesome and if we don't i'm gonna sit there and say you know we will take that one and we'll move on. Um, we also, we have to talk about the the fact and we haven't mentioned this yet, but there, there is a, a, a stomach bug flu going around with the jets right now. Oh yeah. That and like dick. that I'm, could that, be that very, sucks. like if you even just take a look at the injury report, Michael Clemens illness, Corey Davis illness, Fant illness, DJ Reed illness. Like we're in the very early stages of this flu outbreak. When we get to tomorrow and to Friday and into the weekend, we could be sitting here just saying like, fuck, if these guys aren't at all at a hundred percent, like this could get, it could be a really unfortunate day out there for New York. Yeah, that's definitely true. And that, you know, Hey, Jets fans, when, when, if, if not, when, if the Jets end up not winning this game, excuse. Uh, get, get that excuse ready in the chamber. We'll just fire <laughs> that off a ton. <laughs> Dude, not, game. not a bad one. Hey, we had the flu. Um, yeah, and if we win, it'll be even sicker. Well, we don't have but, the flu. We beat you Buffalo. That's what it is. It's like, right, well, we beat right. you when we're healthy. Well, and again, and I don't care if anyone wants to say this is loser talk. Regardless of what happens in this game, we went 500 against the Bills this year. That's fucking awesome. Hey, that's a dub. But I want to talk about the Bills for a second, kind of like what you were saying with, um, you know, they haven't looked great the past however many weeks. This is kind of like I feel like good teams just like do this every year every time. where they're really good and then they go through a stretch where it's like wait they're not like blowing every team out and they're kind of having to battle and maybe they catch a couple losses and it's funny cuz like I'm a Jets fan 
And during those stretches, my Bills fan friends will be like, will be like, I don't know. I'm really worried about the Bills. They just seem like off broken. And in my head, I'm kind of like, they're going to end up being fine. And then what do you know? Like, here we are into week 13 and the Bills are back in first place, nine and three. Like they have a game lead, you know, all these different things. So from a Bills NFL team standpoint, am I at all like worried about them and think they're like under whatever overrated or anything like that? No, I think the Bills are very good. And I think that, you know, kind of like what you said, it's like you're going out there and you're playing against Josh Allen. Um, and you're playing against Stephon Diggs. And these guys are like some of the best players in the game. So it's going to be a hell of a fight. And, I, and, and you know, I, I don't know what the analysis is. For me, it's I really fucking hope that the Jets can step up, you know, defensively. I think they're going to have to score more than 20 points like they did the last time we played Buffalo. I think the Bills, you know, with that week of game film, all that stuff, I, I, would, I would guess they're going to end up scoring more than they did the last time around. Um, but you know, it's going to be a big challenge for the Jets defense, obviously, and it's going to fall on the Jets offense. Can we keep up with these guys? Can we, uh, can we score? And, you know, you hope we've looked better with Mike White. You hope that just kind of continues. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, this is just a very like Jets fan type of week where I fully recognize that the bills are a better overall team than the Jets, but I do see the fact that the Jets, you know, have proven they can beat this team. They can beat anyone and it would be fucking awesome if they did. So that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> there, there's one more thing that I, I guess I should, I wanted to mention earlier when, when those teams start off hot and they get into their little rut, all it really takes is like one or two players to really kind of find a new role in, in the offense specifically for them to get going. James Cook has yeah. really started to show off in their run game and be a good pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, and then the game against New England, like he's popped off the last few weeks. So that could be one of those guys. If you're looking and like, you're like, fuck, we cannot contain James Cook. We didn't account for him. We've accounted for, uh, Stefan Diggs. We've accounted for Knox as the tight end. And then all of a sudden we're getting burned by James Cook. Like he's that guy that seems to be, oh, we have this new sprinkle to our offense now. And it seems to slowly be kind of trending upwards. So I'd keep an eye on him, I guess, as like a matchup this week to see how he kind of adds a new element to their offense. Uh, because you're right. They, haven't looked as great. They still, we say they haven't looked as great. They still are putting up a shit ton of points. I think they were in what the, how many points did they put up in, right, in that's, Detroit? Like they put up a ton of points. 28, 25, I think. Yeah. That's what, yeah. That was my thing with the Bills is like, like, even through it all, I was never super worried. And it was like, yeah. even like they lost to the Jets. And it's like, all right, that was sick. But, uh, you know, it's like, I think the Jets are the best defense in the league. So yeah. the fact that we beat them 20 to 17, like it's really not that shocking. Um, so yeah, the Bills are fire. Jets are better. We're yeah. gonna be there. That's gonna be sick. Do you got a do you got a score prediction? I'm gonna pull up what the lines are. And I saw they're plus ten. Um, I would plus uh, ten, would, plus nine and a half. Some books. I would assume that the Jets can keep this within double digits. That that I would assume. Yeah, to so, me, right. Last game it was a thirteen point spread. I thought I thought for sure we were gonna be within that. What do you got? Down to nine now. So we're getting some some money on the Jets here. Nine. Well. Yeah, I think it was. I think it opened to nine and a half. I bought up to ten. Oh, okay. Um, so it moved a little, but yeah, it, it seems too big to me. I, I think continuously, you know, the Minnesota game last week was kind of the first time that we had ever really gotten any respect from Vegas. It seemed. Um, I guess the Bears game too. We were favored, but I, I do not believe that the Jets should be ten point underdogs 
by any means. Does that mean they can lose? They they can't lose by double digits. You know, the Bills can probably beat anyone by double digits. But what I'll say, our predictions, like I don't want to ever go back and like we're pretty. No, they're bad so with our bad. Predictions. We're and really it's bad with them. it's. I know. Really bad. I know. But I mean, I have a seven you've, and five. You've been record. better than mine. <laughs> I because I just flip the Jets every week. Every fucking right, I don't think I've missing. nailed one in like a, in like six weeks at this point. I don't think I think my last one was probably picking yeah, yeah. beat the Broncos. Honestly, like it's I just keep going back and forth. And the scores are always so off. Like we'll predict like a thirty to ten win, and then it'll be like seventeen. We thought we were going to keep the Vikings low scoring, and then he put up. I think I predicted right. the Vikings would score twelve points, and they put up twenty seven. We've been we've been rough with those. I did seventeen. Yeah. And, you know, that was another, you know, you expected the the defense to be a little better than it was. Um, uh, again, where I kind of land with this is I think that the Bills are going to be a little bit more successful just scoring because they're the Bills. Um, hopefully the Jets can keep pace. I'm going to go a final score of 27 to 24. New York Jets pull out the win. The boys are happy. We're raging after. I get in a fist fight with some Bills fans, get murdered, and then, you know, die a hero. Die a hero. Walk back. Right. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that what Mike What a said? weekend prediction. Yeah, that's what's what a wild say? one. Well, you're gonna walk home, like Mike said that you're gonna Oh have yeah, to. my buddy, my buddy Mike, yeah, who's actually been on the podcast, he uh he he's driving us and he's like, Yeah, you, you can walk home if the Jets win, <laughs> which I hope he doesn't hold to because the Jets are gonna win I'll and it's gonna be hilarious for them. I'm going to go, I'm going to keep it within 10, within nine. I'm going to say Bills win 26 to 20. feel like we're going to get enough out of them offensively. I think they found a nice balance where it's not like teams were when they were able to hone in on just the run game with Zach Wilson under center that last stretch there. I think they're going to be able to pass a little bit more. I think with the pass rush for Buffalo, I know the Jets line didn't look great last week, but I think they'll be able to hold up a little bit better, especially without Vaughn on the defensive side. And, uh, you know, I, I think the, the 26 holding the bills to 26 points, not, not the worst thing in the world. So I think, I think it'll be a close game. I do think the bills are going to come out on top. I am. I, I talked to Teddy about this. Uh, and, and I, I didn't, I, I didn't think we were going to say this on the, pod. I'm going to put it out there. I, I want to be bills mafia for a day. I do. It just is. It's an experience. It's, we're listen. in Buffalo. I, I think I, I, I'm a big, I like Josh Allen's my guy. I've got a Bill's hat. I've got a Josh Allen Jersey. Like I am prepared. I have, I'm equipped to go to Buffalo and be Bill's mafia for a day. I just want that experience. No. Yeah. And, and I'm okay with that. Um, and I think I'm primarily okay with it because like going into the past couple of years, like, like you, you've liked the bills, you bought the Josh Allen Jersey, you bought the hat, like whatever. So it kind of makes sense. Like it's your first time going to a Bills game, right? Yeah. Or like first time with me going to a Bills game. So it makes sense. I'm not going to hate on it. Um, I mean, you started this Jets podcast knowing that you weren't a Jets fan, you yeah. know, and obviously you root for them because it makes it more fun. But but I'm not, I'm not going to hold it against you. And, you know, if the Jets win, I'm sure you're not going to be super upset. No, it'll be fun to talk about. It'll be great. <laughs> so that's the, that's the thing yeah. is like I I would much rather get to experience Buffalo for the first time, a Bills tailgate for the first time as a member of of the Mafia. So I'm going to do it. I'll be there. I'll take – I'm going to be wearing all my Jet stuff. I'm going to be wearing my white uh, Jet starter jacket if you see us, nice. you know. Come yeah, say, say what's up. up. Section, um, what's, what's the section? I don't know. We'll, 140 we'll do the... maybe? Sure. Sounds I don't good. know. In the end zone. Um. 
but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, it's going to be interesting, you know, obviously watching the game from the stadium is a little bit of a different experience, especially from uh, where we're the other games to watch. You don't, yeah, we're only on one side of the field. Um, you got, you know, probably going to have a few drinks in the morning. Got to yeah. make sure we're coherent enough. To, that is, it is kind of a weird thing. I've been to Bills games before, but never a Bills Jets game in, in Buffalo. So I've never like cared to like be there for the whole game, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so it will be a little interesting to like be there partying, but also like actually care Stay. about the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. It'll be fun. And I, I just kind of want to say this, you know, cover my bases, but I just hate the like, Every time the Jets lose, you go on Twitter and it's like everyone's freaking out. Like if we lose to the Bills, you know, it's going to make the rest of this year and the playoff hopes more difficult. And that sucks. And that's going to be very defining for this team, whether we make the playoffs or not. But, you know, if we lose the Bills to the Bills this week, this Jets season is far from over. And I think that's the point, you know, at the very least, go out there, keep it within a touchdown look good, you know, look confident, have a good day offensively where you can continue to have some confidence, excuse me, continue to try to limit turnovers, you know, um, hopefully Mike White will get some passing touchdowns and, you know, hopefully it's a good, good day for the Jets, even if it, it doesn't come out with a win. I just hope both teams have fun. Yeah. I really, really would fucking be a, so a win in won. Buffalo in that Buffalo with all my Bills to, fans buddies. to sweep like, on the damn. season. God damn. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, we are going to have a fantastic it would just time. Be such yeah. A great Go thing. On. You know, it's like how we feel that the Patriots, even though like, I feel like we're better than the Patriots. Finally, they still beat us twice. It's like yeah. the bills might very well go on and win the Super Bowl. you know, but if we could beat them twice, that would be a fucking awesome win for this year. Pretty cool. I agree. All right, Teddy. Well, that'll wrap it up for this week. All right, buddy. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing69. Same with the YouTube, Teddy at Teddy Huncho. I am at Spring Blake with four A's. Enjoy the game against the Bills. Who do we have after Buffalo? Uh, we didn't even is it the Jags it's one it's oh no someone. it's the Lions and it's then we the got Lions? the Jags the Thursday before Lions gonna be a f- um Lions gonna be an interesting game Ted Lions gonna be an interesting I game dude Lions and Jags Lions and Jags I'm not worried are, about the Jags you know still the line yeah but both of them like they're the types of teams that can play any week could be their week you yeah. know yeah um and, and the Lions are definitely a better team than the Jags but the Jags I'm I'm Loki, a Trevor Lawrence guy. Um, I think he great. like loves to go out there and look pretty good, but then he'll just like throw three interceptions, so people will be like, "Oh, he's not good," which might be true, but I think he looks pretty good most of the time. Um, so yeah, this season, you know, we've talked a lot about the easy schedule, but it, it's far from over, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Yep, and it all starts here this Sunday against Buffalo. Uh, We will talk to you guys next week, hopefully after another Jets victory, moving to 8-5 and on the season. But we'll see you all then. Appreciate you for listening as always. Peace.